Hi, and welcome to Speakeasy Security, the podcast from ESET. I'm your host, Ransom Burkett, head of ESET North America's Public Relations. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Tony Anscom, ESET's Chief Security Evangelist. Hey, Tony. Hey, hi, Ransom. How are you doing today? I'm good, thank you. Another beautiful sunny day here in uh, Half Moon Bay. Oh, wow. I can imagine we're uh, we're soaking up some Southern California sun here in San Diego, and I'm, I'm glad to hear it's great up there in the, in the, in the north part. Yeah, absolutely. So what are we going to talk about this week then, Ransom? Well, it's been a busy week, you know. We've had a few things happening with our global event known as the ESET Virtual World happening this week. And, you know, normally you and I would actually be attending this event in person. But, you know, this year we're attending from the comfort of our living room. So I can probably imagine you're close to or you've been at the beach this week at some point. Yeah. Yes, but unfortunately not in Spain where uh, ESET World was meant to be taking place. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I would have loved that as well. But hey, we're glad to be here and uh, and attend virtually. It's been a busy week with some announcements, and um, yeah, we're gonna see uh, we're gonna see a lot of coverage here in the media for those. But um, I just said, what are we talking about this week? I think we're gonna talk about something very interesting that has affected. Um, well, I know it's affected you personally, and I've seen a few close contacts that have actually been affected by it, and that's actually data breaches. You know, um, one would actually think you know that data breaches would have slowed down here due to COVID with security being one of the primary concerns for businesses that probably had to adjust to having remote workers. But I think you're seeing something different, right? Yes, it's very clear that cyber criminals are not keeping their social distance from uh, from data, unfortunately. I was asked to, to look at data breaches for a webinar recently and I started looking at, I wondered whether, well, how many breaches take place in the last 90 days uh, in the US. And then I suddenly realized that well, there was far too many to talk about and far too much data to go and collect. So I, I localized a little and looked specifically at California. Oh, wow. And the Attorney, Gen- uh, Attorney General's office here in California has a lovely website where you can go and look at all data breaches that have been reported. Yeah, so it makes it put them all in all in one lovely long list. Now, interestingly, in the last ninety days, there have actually been ninety data breaches reported. Oh, get out! So Are that's you... actually one per day. Now, and now the, my date range there is the fifteenth of March to the fifteenth of June. One per day. Wow. So one per day, and it's really interesting. So. I, I've then done a visual check, not an in-depth piece of research, but a visual check of this sounds like a health company, this sounds like a school, this sounds like... So there are 16 health-related. So companies easily identifiable as health-related companies in there. And there are 21 school districts in there, which I think we're going to come back to a little bit later on as we discuss this. Yeah, I'd be interested to know about the school district and... Thanks for pointing out that uh, that list. I think that's kind of almost the, I'm not going to say it's the wall of shame, but man, if you make that AG's list, you know, where you're, 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 you're listed there, I think that's, you know, high time for companies to take note of what they could possibly be doing better, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it highlights the need for companies to do better. Obviously, there's a data breach notification process, so which is a good thing because it means the consumer's being notified, but also somebody's collating this information. Of course, here in California, you have CCPA as well. So you have privacy legislation in place that means potentially with every breach, if it goes beyond a certain, uh, the company is beyond a certain size, a certain type, et cetera, potentially the company could have a class action lawsuit 
by the victims of the breach as well. Wow. So there's all sorts of uh, all sorts of downsides for a company to to look at in here. Wow. Yeah. No kidding. Well, let's get into it. You said you know there's a number of breaches, one per day, about average. Let's talk about some of the ones that you uncovered in your research. How did they occur? And maybe you can tell me the names of these companies. Well, there were three. There were three to note, and then actually the the number of school districts made me look at a fourth. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and the three to note I looked at were GE, so General Electric, Bank of America, Amtrak, and the the numerous school districts. So we, we won't uh, embarrass them and, and say which specific districts, but uh, let's talk about them first, actually, because I think that's that's a really interesting one. So they use a common parent-teacher portal information system. Um, so you've got kids, Ranson, so you know to liaise with the school you can probably sign on as a parent you can see your school's de- uh, the school's details and you can see grade cards and whether homework's missing or, or things like that or of course somebody is providing that software yes and yeah. unfortunately this company called Ares has a piece of software that uh, had a vulnerability in it and this vulnerability dates back actually to the end of 2019 when they realized they had some issue uh, they they investigated it. Uh, it they investigated then investigated again. I think it was in January, and then in March, one of the schools had to report a breach. Uh, so there was another investigation. Law enforcement became involved, uh, and the good part about actually this story is that the perpetrator has been caught. So that's the positive part of this story because it's very unusual for us to hear that, isn't it? That yeah, actually, yeah, somebody yeah. behind a data breach is uh, being taken into custody by law enforcement. So that's really good to hear. Actually, you know that you know there are some forensics that could be you know could be done, and and we have somebody that's been apprehended, and maybe we learn more about how these breaches take place in the first place from that. Now, the twenty-one were obviously in California because I was only looking at California data breaches, but this specific piece of the vulnerability in this specific piece of uh, software affected 166 different school districts. Oh, wow. So it's pretty widespread. So that's really interesting. I think with the one vendor, as you mentioned, Aries, and the gentleman kind of behind it, or the perpetrator behind it, now that we can maybe put something tangible behind it, because I think there's a big perception, right, that these these breaches and these attacks happen by some obscure figure, you know, right? Like someone that's, you know, in their basement or in a different country or, you know, there, there's never... And I think in general sense that the people don't think there's a, uh, there's nothing that's ever happened, right? Like, I don't know if they've caught, have they caught up to the people that are responsible for these breaches that you're also going to talk about here in just a second. But starting off with kind of this first example, I think it's really good for people to see that, you know, there is some uh, law enforcement work that is happening that, again, puts, you know, and holds some people accountable. Well, absolutely, because we hear, we continually hear in the media about data breaches. So I think it's really good to hear that law enforcement did go out and find somebody and uh, and bring them uh, is bringing them to justice, uh, and that's a really positive yes. happening. But some of the other breaches on, on there. So we, I mentioned three others. You know, General Electric is super interesting because it was very similar to other data breaches we've heard of. It was actually a supplier. General Electric had to put out a data breach notice to previous employees and employees because a supplier of their their HR systems had uh, a breach. So therefore, GE's employees' data was breached, but not through one of their own systems by a supplier system. Now, we've heard this type of thing before, haven't we? 
Oh, yeah, for sure. In fact, I think this is pretty similar to what happened with the Target breach a few years back where I believe it was their HVAC partner systems that were compromised and allowed the cyber criminal to access their POS or point of sale systems. And, you know, it seems to be now that it's a recurring theme, right? Well, absolutely. And think of this, you know, General Electric might have great security policies for all the things they hold on their own systems. But now you have this third party business system that you're using for a potential, you know, outsourcing part of what you're doing or outsourcing part of your own operations in this, in this case, employee benefits and employee payroll and management and stuff. And, you know, it's that company that's had the issue. And who does it reflect on? It does it, well, it does reflect on them, but it reflects on you as the company. So you need to make sure every supplier you deal with actually adheres to the same security type standards and policies that you do yourself. That's great. That's, I mean, that's, that's sage advice for somebody that owns and operates their own business. That could be, as you said, this business partner that the big box companies that we're talking about, the fortune fives that know that they do have enhanced security budgets, right? They do have these kind of, um, stringent guidelines that maybe these suppliers don't, or maybe they're just not aware of. So I think communication there is, is really key. Absolutely. And of course, if you lose the mistrust of your employees, that can that can actually be just as devastating as, unfortunately, as losing trust of customers. And think about the, the data that you provide into one of those systems. You know, your driver license, passport, maybe a green card, marriage certificates, death certificates, because this is all your benefits, you know, beneficiaries, tax withholding forms. This is a really, really data-rich uh, environment for a, a cyber criminal to come and, come and grab. I can see why the, the the daggers were out, so to speak. Right? They were they were interested in the target, and for for a valid reason from a criminal perspective. Um, so moving on, you mentioned there was another company breach that I'm familiar with, Amtrak. Um, what what happened there? Oh come on now, Ransom, tell the truth. You don't get the train. I, I don't get the train, but I'm familiar with it on the East Coast. I did. You know, when I was living from uh, D.C. to New York, is a very very um, it's an easy path to take, you know, you don't have to wait in the airport lines and you're, you're in and you're out. And before you know it, you're in the city. So very familiar with taking that train to the city from DC. going to say a good American in his car. That's, you know, <laughs> you yeah. can't be separated, can you? Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. But yeah, so Amtrak had, had a, a breach. And interestingly, this was their rewards program that was breached. So, you know, when you go and buy something in a shop or you buy something from a vendor they often offer you rewards and you you know that that's their incentive to get you to come back time and time again because you build up those rewards we all know what it's like with air miles you we try and fly the same airlines to collect the air miles on one place yet no different on trains so Amtrak have a rewards program unfortunately it was breached uh, there was unauthorized access into the Amtrak guest rewards account they quickly filed a, a breach notification and locked down the locked locked out the accounts and forced a reset. Because again, it, if somebody can start picturing your travel movements and you know potentially if you are traveling, say if you're traveling from here to Canada, there might be passport information. There might be other pet personal sensitive information in there as well. But even even if it's just your rewards program, how devastating would that be to sign on to those? collected rewards to have found them in some way gone or 
somebody abusing your account would be devastating because you know how hard that is to save up those points. I, I know how much you travel, so I can only imagine how devastated you would be. <laughs> right? All those big miles just gone. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't sit too well with a lot of, you know, high profile customers or any customer I'd probably imagine for that matter. Yeah, next time you go to go in the airline lounge, they turn and say, sorry, sir, you've spent your miles. You can't come in. <laughs> you no longer qualify for the lounge. Yeah. Yeah, that I would can, be devastating. I, I can imagine. Yeah, you're you're probably um, you're probably a perfect case study to see what would happen if some, something like that were to happen to you. Um, so the next one, you mentioned something that was really interesting here, and I'm very familiar with. But you mentioned Bank of America was breached. What was unique there? I mean, that's well, so, so, so think about the two examples we've just had. We've had one which was very much direct, and we've had one that was caused by a supplier. Now this this next one, Bank of America. Uh, now I'm a bank. You know, I, I have a Bank of America account. So so this one kind of concerned me because I wondered whether I just hadn't received a breach notification. But actually, it's a pretty interesting breach. Uh, it was the U.S. Treasury and the Small Business Administration. Uh, they've been doing the pay uh, paycheck protection program. So Bank of America have been administering and putting systems in place for the COVID-19 help that companies and uh, individuals can get from the U.S. Treasury. Now, obviously, to put this type of thing into place, you need to build systems, and those systems uh, need test data to test, you know, test whether they're functioning correct. And, of course, a bank such as the size of the Bank of America then has other partners that will use the same system. So if you're a small, smaller financial company or, or an accountant, you might be able to submit applications through the Bank of America system directly to the U.S. Treasury. So now you have this system. Well, unfortunately, the Bank of America uploaded some of the applications into their test system. At the same time, some of, their third, some of the third parties that were also, uh, were also uh, testing the system had access to the data that Bank of America uploaded. That's a really unusual breach because... That's not a cyber criminal that's come in and turned and said, hey, look, we've managed to steal this data uh, and we're going off to sell it on the dark web. It's actually a mistake. Oh, wow. I, and I would say a relatively honest mistake because if you think about the time frame these systems have been built and the uh, motivation to get them out the door quickly through this un, uh, unusual time, I think that's an honest mistake and somebody's put their hand up and gone, oh, we've, you know, that's unfortunately classed as a data breach. Yeah, it certainly is. And that is quite unique and strange. So I think we've seen some interesting things that you're mentioning from some very big companies that I would imagine have some very established, you know, security practices and and certainly some high profile security um, technology in place. So I appreciate you sharing those with you. And you probably even have some more data that you can share. But before we get into the data, this is Speakeasy Security. Tony, what are you, what are you drinking this week? Well, I have an anchor steam. Oh wow, San Francisco classic. All right, yeah, good man, good man. I'm uh, I'm sticking with my Lagunitas right there out of Petaluma. I've got a Super Cluster, one of their great beers here that I've just started drinking and absolutely love it. Oh cheers well, to you. cheers, cheers to you. All right, oh, that's good. So, let's talk about data breaches in terms of cost. I think. There's a lot of questions about what does it really cost? How are companies affected? And, you know, what, what sort of things are, are, are being accessed? And IBM and the Poneman Institute released a study, I want to say in the late part of 2019, 
where they stated that the average total cost of a data breach was around $3.92 million. And they cited the U.S. as the most expensive country, with the average being around $8.19 million. Um, with a, a pretty staggering number here to follow, 25,575. That's the number of records that were accessed in the average data breach. So over 25,000 records someone can come away with from a data breach that contain all the information that you were saying, right? Personal information, you know, a marriage, license certificates, passport data, date of birth, all of the credentials and identification that would be, uh, let's call it, it would be fenced and sold on the dark web or, you know, potentially another place. Aren't these numbers staggering? They are, they are staggering. Let, let me add to your numbers as well. My 90 data breaches in 90 days is one a day just for California. So California is what, 40 million residents, somewhere around there. So it's about 12% of the US. So if we times that by, my math is not this good, uh, not that good this time of day, times that by eight, isn't it? We, we get to 100% uh, roughly. So you're, you're looking at, you know, you're actually looking at 10 possible data breaches, maybe a day oh, wow. uh, across the US. So now, now, now think of all that data that ends up on the dark web for sale for use by in phishing campaigns by identity theft or you know other unfortunate unfortunate issues so let's not forget the victim in here but those numbers you came out with are, are huge so that 8.19 million in the US for as the most expensive country to have a data breach in i'm going to question that slightly because i think that's the cost of the data breach to the company of the actual breach, i.e. rebuilding infrastructure or having to provide identity theft protection to customers and such like. Now let's add the regulator cost in there. So we know there's GDPR, we know there's CCPA in, here in California. Um, there's been some pretty big fines by under the regulator for GDPR. So for example, the Information Con Commissioner Office fined British Airways last year, $230 million for a breach that involved around 500,000 customers that was a, a, a code injection on their website for a period of a couple of weeks. $230 million. That's substantially more than the 8.19 now. I remember reading, I mean, you bring up something interesting, and I remember reading one of your blogs on Wheel of Security where you were personally affected by a breach. What, what happened there? Was that B of A or...? It was a BA. It was uh, British Airways, unfortunately. It was uh, a card that I very infrequently used. The only transaction I've made with the card, uh, it was an offshore bank account, it was on BA during that breach moment. And within three months, my card had been breached, so to speak, at the bank. Uh, somebody had uh, purchased 43 different insurance policies. Uh, now that's Kind of interesting because this was a US dollar card. They purchased them in sterling, so I'm surprised the bank didn't spot the issue uh, as fraud. The 43 different transactions, some of them were refunded, because uh, so they were laundering money. The cyber criminal had taken the card information gained from the breach and was laundering money through my account by buying insurance policies and then getting the insurance companies to refund to a different account. Uh, so obviously saying that the original account was no longer longer in use. And, of course, that's a way you can start realizing the money. So $7,500 went from my account 
pretty much overnight. Oh, the good news is the bank just put the $7,500 back. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just had to sign a piece of paper saying, this wasn't me. And I'm assuming you spotted it, right? Did, or did the bank spot it? Uh, I spotted it. But the problem is, is because it's an account I don't use very frequently, I didn't spot it for about six to seven weeks until after it happened. And the bank then started questioning me of why didn't I spot it? Um, <laughs> so I, I maybe was a little lax. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, hey, it happens. It happens. But wow, I'm sad to hear that happened to you. Well, hey, for our listeners, that story is on our Wheel of Security blog if you want to read more about it, because Tony highlights exactly what took place there. Which brings me to another point, Tony. I mean, we're talking about all these breaches, but I mean, at the end of the day, the companies are one part of it. The people, the customers, or potentially the employees, if we're talking about one of the other brands that were breached, are, are kind of the end users or the people that have to deal with this. What should you do if you've been affected by a data breach? Hide in the woods with a tin hat on. Yeah. <laughs> um, obviously not, no. I mean, if, if, if you have been part of a breach, the first thing to do is, is not sit back and think, oh, you know, yes, I had an account there. Nothing will happen. Because as you've just heard, even me, who, who should be far, is very aware of everything, where everywhere I leave my, my data can unfortunately become a victim. Yeah, you need to, if somebody does email you and turn and say there's been a data breach, can you go and change your password? Can you go and do this? Yes, you should go and change your password and make sure all these different systems have different passwords on each one. You don't have the same passwords on each system because I can tell you now, cyber criminals will take the password from one system and try it on other things with the same email address. And it's really unfortunate. Uh, and, and suddenly you find not one issue, but several issues. And also, they may be aggregating data together on the dark web, buying multiple data breaches, putting data together, and suddenly you find you've got identity theft as well, uh, where somebody can go and has got your social security number, can walk into a bank, they know enough about you, and potentially ask for a replacement ATM card. Yeah. yeah. You know? uh, so there's lots of things we can do to protect. One is don't leave footprints where you don't need to. You know, shop and shoppers guest and always think about what data somebody needs and make conscious decisions about where you're leaving these snippets of data all over the internet. You can also take credit monitoring uh, and identity theft software. So there are products that will sit there and, and look around the dark web on a frequent basis and look at to see whether your data is appearing. Or you could just use other services like there's Have I Been Pawned, where you can go and look up. Uh, your email address to see whether your email address has actually been part of a data breach. Great. Those are great resources and salient advice, I think, for everybody that could have very well been affected. So I'm going to go ahead and put those in our show notes when we wrap up here. Um, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and ask you, is there anything else you wanted our listeners to think, think about as we, as you said, we're in unprecedented times in all senses of that category. But as you mentioned, a breach a day this is not going to slow down at any point. So, um, is there anything else people can do to make sure that they are uh, they're keeping um, they're keeping safe? Well, actually, now now is a good time if you are stuck indoors or you are you do have more time on your hands. Actually, is to go around and maybe clear clean up your acts slightly. Go and delete accounts where you no longer use them. You know, if you're still receiving spam mail for some shop you bought something at two years ago and you've never been back, go back. Remove your data. Yeah, ask them to get rid of it, uh, and take an active engagement in 
you know, limiting who's got your data on the internet. Because the less data out there, the less chance you have of being in one of those 90 breaches. You got that right. Incredible, Tony. Well, I certainly am going to go back and look at all the things that I've purchased over the last couple of years to make sure nothing of mine is is kind of stuck in that, uh, you know, save information category. So with that, I think we're going to say goodbye to all our listeners and thank them for joining this week's episode and look forward to speaking to everyone next week. Thanks, Tony. Hey, thanks, Ransom. 